the title of it because I know he's, it helps him to get all fired up. And I see this guy over here and he says yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, our pastor is going to be talking about walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Think about that. Mr. Steve Andrews. How's that? That better? Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, well, that's one way to get started. <laughs> Not the best way to get started, but one way to get started. Anyway, in, in Matthew, the fifth chapter, how familiar we are with Matthew, the fifth chapter. I was thinking about this as I came across this, uh, these verses here. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I've always had a problem with that scripture, mainly because I know my own weaknesses. And I know my own faults and problems and sometimes even sinfulness. And so when I read Jesus' words, it kind of affects me, just you know, in, inside of my heart. Really, Jesus, am I, am I being a light? Are we, a, are we really doing what we need to do to be a light to the world, to, to really reach out? And I know we, we have a broadcast, and we're simultaneously broadcasting on a regular basis and everything, but sometimes uh, even in my own life, my own relationships with people outside of my own family, I sometimes am reluctant to share the things that I know are so wonderful. And yet, most of the people know that I go to the feast, I don't work on the Sabbath, I don't eat certain things. Uh, a lot of that is just because that's me. And, and they know that. And the people that I've worked around, they know that. But I don't reach out like... I feel like I should. So I want to talk about walking as children of light today. I have some forms of light that I'd like to talk about. And the first one's in Genesis, the first chapter. In Genesis 1, verse 1. And you're, you're so familiar with this, but sometimes when we think about what God did in the beginning there, in the beginning, God created the heaven and 
the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, if we've watched any movies, uh, some will snap their fingers if it's, they want to do something, or like in the wish, you know, twi- twitch your nose. God's word is so powerful, and we read all the way through this, that he just speaks, and it happens. Happens. And light is so very important um, in, in, our, in our very, very existence. Uh, light is what um, gives photosynthesis and for the trees and for the plants. Light is what helps us to see. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who've ever been in a cave and they turn the lights off, it's almost like, it's just like a gnawing in your own, your own flesh. You feel that, that darkness that's there. You understand why it's such a blessing to have sight. We have, and I've, I've told this before in this congregation and and some who are old enough, uh, can't, well, I think maybe Lucille probably remembers and maybe Maxine remembers John. I can't remember John's last name. Um, but anyway, he was totally blind. He was blind from, as, a, as a child. And he would sit back in the back and he would use his little braille thing and he would... He was very good at it. He made copious notes with his braille um, unit that he, that he had. But he was blind. And so it's one thing that we, we really need to be thankful for is the sight that we have um, that God has given us and blessed us with sight. In Psalms 97 and verse 11, Psalm 97, not Psalms, Psalm 97 and verse 11, we see some more forms that are revealed to us. Light is sown for righteousness and gladness for the upright in heart. And verse 12, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. So with light also now represents righteousness. You know, to be able to see righteousness in Psalm 112, we see one other thing. In Psalm 112, and verse 4. For to the upright there arises light in darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. So, to us, and I believe that, that we are called the upright, there arises light in darkness. And we're going to go through that here in a little bit. Many scriptures about light and darkness. We're going to look at that here in a few minutes. And of course, the one that we're all very, very familiar with is Psalm 119. Thy word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word. And this is an important part 
of our Christian walk is this book, Thy Word. In Proverbs 6.23, it says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So when we look into the book and we look at these things and we look at the commandments and we look at what God has written for us and we begin to bring our life into subjection into that way, we are corrected, aren't we? If you come in out of this world, some of us have grown up in this way and some of us have come in out of this world, as I did. I was 20 years old. Actually, I was called a little earlier than that. I was you know, a rebellious teenager and God had to beat me over the head, but I finally got the I finally got the message. Um, he wants us to bring into correction our life, and that's what we do, as we read His Word, as we understand, as we come to learn His commandments, His judgments, His statutes, all of the things that He wants, and especially the days that He wants us to come together, the Sabbath, the holy days. We have to correct our lives, don't we? I mean, I, I participated in all of those holidays that are coming up. Um, I love Thanksgiving. I think it's a wonderful thing to do. But after that, <laughs> it kind of goes downhill with holidays. And they just beat it into your head until you want to, you know, until you believe it. We all need to understand God's word and understand his correction. The commandments, the lamp, the law is a light. In the Williams translation, in Matthew 6, 22 and 23, I thought it was a better, a better way to, to express this because it's a little hard in the King James. The eye. We, we see, and it's a marvel. The eyes are such a marvel. And, and sometimes when you study it, you think, how in the world, as, as, a, as a little person, as a little baby, as they take in this world in the, in the eyes, and they hear, and they, they take it in, and they grow, and they understand, and they, and they get more understanding, and they see things, and they grow more. The eye is the very lamp of the body, the Williams translation says. If then your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. And it's true. As you get older and you get different, you know, my, my wife has macular degeneration. She's having a terrible time reading. <laughs> and it really bothers her. She loves to read and she loves, to, and, it's, and it's really difficult for her. So, it's full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the very source of light in you is darkness, how dense is the darkness? Now, the first part is a physical thing. The second part, I think, is a spiritual thing. If then the very source of your light is darkness, how dense is that darkness? People going through and 
you know, believing in certain things, uh, atheism, uh, agnosticism, uh, different things in their life, and they do not see anything. They cannot comprehend this word. And so they're dark. It's just darkness. And they're going to have to wait till the kingdom to, to, to have a light shined on them. Unless God calls them, we understand that calling, don't we? Unless God calls them, they are not going to receive that light. Jesus says in John, the third, the third chapter, and we're very familiar with it, but this part I'm going to skip down a little bit further down. I'm reading John 3.16. I'm going to start in verse 19. John 3, verse 19, Jesus says this. I can get over there to it. He says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Yeah, I think back to when God finally had to destroy the first uh, set of people uh, and, and bring a flood and kill all except for Noah and his, and his family. This is the condemnation. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And with that, I agree with Reg. There is a lot of evil in the society that we live in. And, and it, is, it, is, it is very dark right now in this society. And I, um, You all, and we all, need God's Word. We need to understand it even more, better than we've ever understood it before. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be reproved or exposed. Boy, when you come to the Bible, your deeds are ex exposed. They are, they do tell you. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. You want God to look into you. Just like David. He says, I can't go anywhere where God doesn't know me. I mean, I could go into the grave and he would still know me. He would, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, God knows me. And you want that. You want God to know you. Even your weaknesses. Even, sometimes even our sins. Because we need to be able to understand that we need to repent of them. They're revealed to us that they are wrought in God. Because He owns us. We're His. We're a part of Him. Once He comes into our life, He owns us. And yet, sometimes we rebel against Him, don't we? trying to think if I have enough time to do this part. I'd still get the other end. I'm going to give it a try, but I'm going to skip some of it. <laughs> there's a witness of light in the scriptures. In fact, there's more than one. Uh, you remember Stephen and how he stood up and he, 
and, and then he ended up losing his life. But there's also Paul's witness to Agrippa. And it's, it's very profound because he goes before a king. Um, this is Agrippa number two. This is an Agrippa number one. Uh, and uh, the Agrippa number two actually ends up in the Roman Empire and a part of the, those, those that come through that um, uh, destruction of Jerusalem and destruction of that area. Anyway, he goes before Agrippa, and Agrippa gives him, okay, tell me something, you know. I, I want you to, you're permitted to speak for yourself. And Paul stretches forth his hands and answers for himself. And I would like to skip down, um, Brian, to, to verse uh, number 12. And we're going to, you can read verses 1 through 11. Verse number 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in it the way of light from heaven above, and brightness from the sun shining round about me, and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice saying unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecute you me? It is hard for you to kick against that authority. That word, the pricks, actually means the authority. Jesus' authority. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of these things which you have seen and of those things which I will appear unto you, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles into whom now I send you. To open their eyes. Here is the key. Here is what Jesus sent Paul to do. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to, the, to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Open their eyes. Go out. Preach. Teach. Open their eyes so that they can be released from the power of Satan, from the power of the darkness that covers the whole earth. And that they may also receive forgiveness of sins and that may be, might be a part of that inheritance. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking also of Noel and Joan, and you know, the sadness that was there, but also I was remembering how faithful they were for all of their lives. Um, their mother, uh, Hazel, was baptized in 1958. Uh, I don't know when Noel and Joan were baptized, but they were baptized very early also, and extremely faithful all of their lives, all of their lives. They died in faith. 
brethren. That's what we want to do. If we, if, you know, if Christ doesn't come back while we're living or while we get to that point where we're, we, you know, are about ready to die, we want to die in faith so that we have the inheritance, the kingdom of God. I was trying to think of the different things that he might be involved in. Um, the librarian of the truth on earth? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know? He has so many talents. But he told me one time, and I, I, I believe this, he told me one time, he said, what we're called for is a position that's already there. And what God is doing is filling these positions. And so consequently, all of our callings have a place for us to be in the kingdom. That should give us a great deal of faith and a great deal of strength and you know, in, our own, in our own hearts. That we have a place in the kingdom. Anyway, you can read the rest of that in, after, in, in, um, in 26 and, and even in 27 as he, he ends up in Rome. And witnesses and witnesses and witnesses to anyone that would come and he could witness to. He was there and they came. There's several scriptures on light and darkness. And I, and I love it, the, how Paul has put these together. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and we're all familiar with all of these, but they fit in with walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Not in darkness, as children of light. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not you therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. My, my title. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in the goodness and righteousness and truth. Is in, let me read that again. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is, the, is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. There was an article just recently in which the, somebody lamented that the, there is absolutely no shame anymore. And there's no shame in lying. There's no shame in um, you know, doing dirty tricks. There's no shame in anything anymore. It used to be that people would, would just quit because they were ashamed of what they'd done. They don't do that anymore. There, and there's so many. There's so much going on that's so despicable and so uh, so terrible that knowing it can be just just terribly disheartening. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he says, awake. You that sleep, and arise 
from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I don't think anybody can disagree with that at all. The days are evil. The times that we live in. It's even difficult to use the first, you know, our First Amendment rights anymore. You're liable to have the FBI knocking on your door. It happened to one lady who had been, whose mother had children. Um, she was protesting a little bit about you know, things that were going on in their school district. And the FBI visited her house and put her in cuffs for about 30 minutes. The days are evil. 2 Corinthians 4.1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded. Has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, going back to Genesis, has shined in our hearts to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Those are such beautiful words. That should encourage us. That when we go and we pray, we, and we see that shining face of both of our our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, as they shine as the sun and the glory that they have. In Colossians, the first chapter, beginning of verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of the will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. And I mentioned it every time I word that, read that word. You don't have to die to be a saint. You are a saint. We are saints. If you are called by God, you are a saint. You are a holy one. You are the one that is set apart. You are a saint. Verse 
who has delivered us from the power of darkness, has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Maybe sometimes we read those words and we don't have the depth of understanding or the depth of of feeling of how much that um, should affect us in our uh, ability to, to, to see God's work in our lives. That we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. In 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse, beginning in verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Paul wrote this a very long time ago, and it's more pertinent today than it was back then. <laughs> For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Brethren, that is the truth. Because we don't know when we walk out the door if we'll make it back the next Sabbath. My sister-in-law died on 10-10-2021. My brother-in-law of a, of a stroke. She'd already had one, but she died from the, you know, 10-10-2021. My brother-in-law died 11-11-2021 of the same thing, a stroke. Look, he believed the scriptures For yourselves know perfectly that the day that the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. The next instant they will be and wake up in the kingdom of God. They have made it into the kingdom. I believe. I truly believe that. If I was to preach their their funeral, I would preach that they have made it into the kingdom. They are waiting. But they have, have made it into the kingdom. I know them well enough. They believe so deeply in the Word of God. For when they shall say peace and safety and sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in the darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day, We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that slept, slept in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope of salvation." For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even even as also you do.
edifying one another, understanding what the Scriptures talk about, the kingdom of God, the hope that we have, the salvation that we have, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All of these things go together to help us to, to come out of that darkness and to live in light. In 1 Peter, the second chapter, in verse, beginning in verse 8, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, which stumbles at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, us, I mean, he's talking to us because all the people that were there that Peter was talking to or wrote to are dead. So we are the ones he's talking to. Whenever you read the word, it's us. And you can put your name in there if you'd like. I remember one minister said that. Hey, as you're reading through this, stick your name in there. When it says us or we or them, put your name in there. So that it becomes more personal. And it is. It's a very personal thing. You, we, us, Steve, um, Larry, uh, Keith, John, many of us in this room are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should sow forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So many people don't understand the things that you in this room understand. And you wish that they did understand it. And I know when I was a young man first coming into this, I beat my head against the wall trying to get somebody to understand what I was understanding. And the only people that understood were the people in the church. <laughs> Anybody outside the church, they didn't understand a thing of what I was saying. In fact, they thought I was crazy. Now, so, <laughs> so consequently, I became a little bit introverted <laughs> with, with what I believed. But really, understand how wonderful this is that you've come out of that darkness and into a marvelous light which in times past not a people, but now the people of God. We're not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may buy good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You see how that comes back? You see how, that's, you see how that happens now? By the things that we do, one of these days they're going to come up in the, in the resurrection. Oh, I, yeah, I knew them. Oh, I knew him. I knew Larry. <laughs> oh, you're glorified. You're wonderful. What can I do do the same thing that you did. To be the same way that you were. So that I can be in the kingdom also. A couple more scriptures here. And then I shall quit. First John 1 and verse 5. This is then the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. That is a positive statement. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. 
I want you to come to my way of life. I want you to come to my thinking. I want you to come into the light. I want you to come out of the darkness. I don't want you to be a part of the darkness. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how coming out of darkness works. He reveals through his word where we're either weak or we're sinful or whatever we might have, and we see it, we realize it, and we come to God and we ask for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You know, we need to believe the scriptures. We need to believe what God says. We need to believe what's been written. I've got one more page here. And I'm almost finished. And this is a hard one sometimes for all of us. And I, I especially for married couples, sometimes in, when there's tension in her. In verse in first John one or verse five. Whoops. Um, no, drop down to verse to, to chapter two and verse eight. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which this thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness even until now. Um, it's, it's interesting sometimes uh, how difficult uh, it is for two people to live together and, and be able to, to reconcile all things together and not have contentions. But the, the closest brother we have, if you're married, is your is your spouse. It's just the way it is. But especially if they are in the church, if they are in this way, if they have received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, they are your closest brother or sister. You know, they are your closest. And so we should love them. The light should shine. We should love them. I went back to the first verse, the first uh, verses that I quoted. Now that I've been through all of these, let's go back. Let's think about our, our our life. Let's think about what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. That's a burden. <laughs> Just this: we are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. Sometimes we want to be hid. You know, if we go out into the world, we are liable to receive a lot of persecution. And it's just the way it is. Sometimes uh, um, you stand up for something, you're liable to receive persecution. And, but the Bible tells us we are not to hide. 
Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that it gives light unto, the, the, uh, unto all that are in the house. My wife loves light. <laughs> she likes uh, 24 hours a day, she likes light. So we never have an, an absence of light in our house. <laughs> No candles, though, thankfully. <laughs> We'd be burning them all up. So finally, so finally, brethren, here's the, finally, brethren, here's, here's the thing. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven.